what that noise was. Bloody hell. <laughs> did I recognise it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> good, good. How are so, you? So, happy uh, June. Ah, oh, thanks. <laughs> happy June to you, too. Uh, yeah. Glad the weather's improved. Yes, it has improved. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yes. So, podcast six of the year. Right. Gosh. And this time we have Daft Punk... Uh, Primal Scream, Thea Gilmore, Jamie Cullum, Beth Hart, and Joe Bonamassa, and what have I missed? Uh, You've missed Little Boots. I missed Little Boots, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, rather than doing rambling, which I'm sure we will do at some point. Oh, we always do that, so let's get straight to it. Let's get straight to it with uh, Daft Punk and Random Access Memory. Like the new album by Sheik. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd get that one in early. Um, do you know what? Every so often, an album comes around that the critics tell you you will love regardless. This is one of those albums. I think this record's brilliant. You want more? <laughs> you want more? Um, well, I think you might should go on a bit further. I think I think what's what's brilliant. I, I'm trying to avoid some of the stuff that many other reviewers have already said. I think what's fantastic about this album, though, is the way that they've just completely thrown everything out of the of the, the existing Daft Punk shelf. Um, where trophies uh, such as their debut album and others are, are situated, and they've just gone straight back to, to playing live music. Um, I think it's, it's, it's very well put together, um, and there's uh, obviously a lot of love has gone into the production of this particular record. Artists that have tried to do similar things in the past um, have, have sometimes had a bit of a, you know, uh, it's a bit a bit of a not quite worked or, or it's just not come off quite right this just just fits perfectly both into their pre-existing discography and also in the sound that they're trying to achieve here um an absolute loving tribute to the music of the 1970s um particularly electro- electronic music but not necessarily so um now rogers peppered throughout yes which is, which is just genius um and uh, an absolutely an absolute pleasure to listen to. I'm sorry, Will I Am. I think this has become my dance album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Need I say more? Do you want me to say more? Um, I can well, go on. No, it's all right. I'll, well, you can probably come back. Do you on. want to interject? I'll interject and then okay. we can come back. Um, I also think this is a, a surprisingly good record. Mm. Uh, I have to confess that since their debut album, which I liked... Yeah, my love for Daft Punk has waned quite dramatically. In Indeed. fact, I've found them rather dull mm. in the last umpteen years. Yeah. Um, so I didn't hold any great hopes out for this record particularly. Uh, but it is, as you say, a triumph. It's uh, almost like a self-contained uh, summer compilation album. Yeah. Uh, as you say, that yes. you've, you've got a bit of a chic attack going on. Yeah. Uh, no more so in the thing with I think uh, lose yourself to dance, which features yeah. Farrell Williams, which, yes. is, which, which is just it is just a chic, it's a chic record, but yeah. but made in 2013. Yeah. yeah, and and his distinctive guitar sound also crops up on the opening track on the album, um, which I can't remember the title of. Uh, Give life back to music. Yeah, and and the other song that's got Pharrell on as well. Get lucky. Well. Yeah, uh, which is I think the weakest of the three he's on, if you like. Really? Um, yeah. But elsewhere, I think it's interest, interesting because you've got kind of indie dance kind of covered with the uh, Julian Casablanca, mm. Casablanca's yep. thing. Um, uh, 
I quite like him vocoded. Yes. <laughs> it's quite a, it's quite, a quite amusing. <laughs> uh, you've got almost uh, what I thought was like a almost a dance show tune in touch. Yes. You know, you could imagine yeah. it being in a kind of show or on Glee. Oh, I'm sure it will be on Glee because they do everything. But it's, it's that kind of, you know, performance. Or maybe it's yeah. just his vocal. I don't know. But that's what I kind of thought. Um, I can also hear the, the uh, Abita-style house remix that no doubt will appear in August as well. Yeah. You know. And it still works there. And then running through the, whole, head. Running through the whole album, but particularly on uh, the song... Uh, Fragments of Time, you've got that whole kind of Doobie Brothers, Steely Dan kind of influence. Yeah. So, so that kind of uh, West Coast America thing going on underneath yep. everything everything else, which I really, really like. But surprisingly, my favourite track on the album is uh, Giorgio by yes. Moroder. <laughs> nine minutes, nine, nine sprawling minutes of pure madness, yeah. which involves, you know, part interview with Giorgio, <laughs> part kind of typical Giorgio Moroder tribute dance track, yeah. improvised jazz fusion yeah. in the middle, and then kind of a prog rock ending. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's just brilliant. It's a masterpiece. Brilliant. Just, I mean, yeah, as you say, nine minutes of just pleasure. Um... I, I just love the I love the, the, the trans transposition mm. of the of the interview with with the music that accompanies it, and he talks about bringing in bringing in the click, and then the click start. Yes, and you're right there in in this Daft Punk Giorgio Moroder world which they've created in this in this track which they create within minutes of the track starting. It's, it's just genius. Um, I have to disagree with with Get Lucky. I actually really like Get Lucky. <laughs> I haven't got. Uh, I don't know if you if you follow Kayla Moran on Twitter. I do. Yeah. I haven't got the crippling get lucky addiction that she's got, but um, I'm get, I'm getting close to sort of get lucky levels of get lucky. It's 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 a, it's, a, it's just a brilliant summer tune. About, it, it about is a, dancing. It is a good tune, and ultimately but, but, about sex. But you know, yeah. it's brilliant. I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's a bad tune. I just happen to think it's the, of the three yeah. that, that Niles that he's on, on. Yeah, it is the weakest. Sure. Me. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a again. It's not a short record. No, but but as a kind of summer soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I think it delivers. Yeah, it really does. So that's it. That's 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 up there. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm really disappointed we started with that because uh, you want to work up to that. I feel, feel we to work up to that. Okay. <laughs> I feel I feel that everything else is just going to come off a bit poor. But, but well, okay, know. yeah. Well, moving moving swiftly on. on to Primal Scream and More Light. Yeah, um, I'd be lying if I said that the thought of seventy minutes of Primal Scream was something I was greatly looking forward to. Uh, was it that long? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're a band I've never particularly warmed to, and I think part of this problem may have been seeing them live at Swansea University nah, in 88, yeah. 89 when okay. they were. Um, just, I think it was either just before, it was just before Scream Delica came out. Yeah. Um, yes. And their kind of cod wannabe stones, yeah. warblings, ramblings just didn't connect to me at all. And, um, you know, I don't think Scream Delica is a classic album, there I said it. Oh. Uh, and. Uh, the last couple of albums that they've released as well, which I've kind of dipped into, have also done nothing to me as well. So, did moving you, on... Did you ever listen to Exterminator? Yes. How did that compare to this? Because I'm intrigued, interested. I've never listened to Exterminator. I think this is a much better record than that. Okay, right. So, and moving on. Is all I'll say. Um, so, obviously, speaking of long, 
this kicks off with a nine minute track of its own yeah. uh, and as the band rightly say it is uh, 2013 it's yeah well observed and this is kind of it's, it's weird because in fact this, this the first two tracks on this album are probably as experimental as it gets and they are both very experimental they take up the first 16 minutes mm. of the record because the second track goes on for seven minutes too and Whilst I've always criticised them for being Stones obsessives, for me, this album had more of a 70s Bowie influence, mm. strangely enough, particularly yeah. in the kind of instrumentation, interesting kind of in- incidental music almost in the background of particular tracks. And this opening track's a good example of that. It starts off with a kind of instant influence and then you've got the rambling beat with hints, like I said, hints of 70s Bowie. Mm. Um, a kind of diatribe on the state of modern Britain lyrically. Self-indulgent beyond all belief. <laughs> but the nine minutes just drifts by seamlessly. And mm. I thought, I quite like this. Yeah. <laughs> and it rolls into then a kind of Led Zepp-esque riff <laughs> of Rivers of Pain. Yeah. Some more kind of Middle Eastern jazz fusion in the middle mm. seems to be the theme this uh, yeah. podcast. And again, for whatever reason, loved it. Mm. I don't think the album recovers from this opening duo of, of tracks particularly. Mm. Although it's hard not to like straight out rockers like Invisible City, yeah. and also good are you know Countryside, Hit Void, which sound like an impression of um, Jesus and Mary Chain doing mm. David Bowie, mm. Tenement Kid, yeah, uh, great song, it. yeah. Which also has a nice musical interlude again. Yeah. And uh, even Goodbye Johnny. Yeah. Which, although my only problem with that was every time I said Johnny, I kept expecting them to kind of go into a kind of Fine Young Cannibals cover version. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas the song kind of has more of a Twin Peaks soundtrack yeah. kind of vibe it's to not, it. It's not Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> no. Uh, so that's pretty much takes up the first half of the album, if you yeah. like. You like. Then the album plummets it like does. a stone. It does. In my in my view, it, it really just gets back to the reason that I haven't liked Primal Scream for, well, ever particularly. Hmm. Uh, and there's only saved. I can't even say this. Only saved by the Rolling Stones impersonation at the, the end, end, which I I really liked. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fun yeah. tune, but is the kind of stuff that they can knock out in hmm. their sleep. I concur with quite a lot of what concur with quite a lot of what you've said. Um, I found opening tracks very interesting, um, and then some of the sort of the, the, the key songs you've mentioned there, Tenement Kid, um, etc. Good, good to listen to. Then yes, it does dip somewhere in the middle um, and recovers with almost screamadelica like sounds. The last two tracks, Walking with the Beast, and it's all right, it's okay. Yeah, walking which, the beast is okay. I suppose, which, which, but... which, and the final track, I, I the sort of, sort of goes goes on a little, but fades nicely and sort of completes the album. Um, so I, I didn't mind that at all. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, see, I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'll sort of counter what you said. I'm actually a big fan of Screamadelica. Um, I obviously didn't have the bad ex- experience that you had, um, but to be honest with you, everything they've ever done ever since, I've sort of never really sort of been 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 tuned into or turned on by so so I've struggled at it as I sort of alluded to already haven't really followed them 
recently. By recently, I probably mean the last decade. <laughs> and some. <laughs> you know, Manny from the Stone Roses was in the band for a while. That, that entire chapter passed me by as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, it's, 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 it's an okay. It's an okay record. I call, yeah, has has good moments. So, two down. Two down. Four to go. Hmm. Uh, we move on to the second album from Little Boots called Nocturnes. Hmm. Now, you'd probably expect me to like this. Uh, I guess so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, like the Primal Sc- Scream record, oh dear, here it comes, not that blown away by this particular record. I I, I thought, I'm going to really enjoy this record. I was a, I was a big fan of the first album hands yeah hands although that said i was then trying to remember the sort of the key tracks and sort of hits off that one or two of which i i just about managed um no i i found i found that this album just didn't quite hit hit the mark for me um i'm a fan of of this sort of music very much a fan of this sort of music so perhaps i'm being overly critical uh but after the opening tracks of motorway confusion and confusion um, I found that I sort of, sort of, my my own interest dipped, um, and and I, I, I sort of really find that a shame because because I'm sure after a few more listens, which this probably deserves, it's actually quite a solid electro pop synth pop record, um, but I just felt that it perhaps didn't quite deliver. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting record this because obviously her first album, I should say, uh, was highly influenced by 70s, uh, early 80s synth pop, so mm. very much Yazoo, Human League. In fact, there was a duet with Phil Oakey, I think. Yes, on, yes, on there was. Yeah, see. Whereas this one, pretty much, it's more in your late 90s, early noughties, Kylie, mm. St. Etienne yeah. kind of feel. Yeah. So tracks like Beat Beat and Every Night I Say a Prayer could quite easily be Kylie every night I say pray in particular great song um, Kylie I think would nail it and has a little hint of a kind of DM kind of synth mm. uh, yeah it's a, exactly I mean, well. it ticks all my boxes you know um, there's, there's clearly a, a DM nod um, there's, a, there's a PSB thing running all the way through it as on the first album but I just felt mm, you know <laughs> <laughs> I know my electro pop I know what I like <laughs> Yeah, I probably liked it a bit more than you then. Cause I, yeah. I, I, whilst I certainly be prefer, whilst I certainly you know, prefer, I'd like to be positive yeah, I certainly record. prefer the sound of the first album. Yeah, uh, and but I think if people are into Kylie esque type mm. stuff, then I think this isn't that bad a re- record. No. I mean, you've got uh, things. From in the room, I'd say this. It's a kind of house kind of beats and mm. particularly house piano sound running yeah. through the whole album. So if you like that kind of stuff particularly, yeah. this appears to be on to you. Oh. Uh, and there are, I think there are a couple of great pure pop moments on it. Uh, Crescendo being one, uh, which is, I think, destined to be a kind of live gig mm. set ender. And Broken Record, mm. even though that harks back a bit musically and thematically to the song Stuck on Repeat off the first record. Yeah. Uh, probably my favourite tracks on the album are the two kind of well, I'd almost call them kind of synthetian 
covers, mm. <laughs> which are um, Strangers and All For You, mm. where she sounds very much Sarah Cracknell. Mm. Uh, I really like those two songs uh, a lot. The pro- My problem with the album overall, though, is whilst she's almost certainly going more for that kind of Kylie mm. sound, I think a lot of it ends up a bit more Sophie Alex Baxter. Oh, right. Gosh, OK. Particularly on Confusion, funny mm. enough, the, one, the, the second track, they usually, mm. like, I, think sound, I, I think she sounds very Sophie Alex Baxter yeah, on that. Yeah, I suppose so. Hmm. Well, there you go. And also I could have done without the final track. Um, Satellite. Yeah, Satellite, which is just <laughs> dreadful. It's like, it's like a, a bad reimagining of Madonna's Ray of Light. Yeah. OK. I quite like satellite. <laughs> um, concur on strangers, though. I quite like I quite like strangers. Yeah, strangers is a cracking tune. Yeah, it's a cracking tune. Um, so, I, I mean, some of what you've said, particularly in particular relation to to house as an influence, um, certainly in the intervening years between this and the last time, it's actually four years. Yes, um, she has been doing DJing. Um, um, and rather than performing as as an pop artist and that certainly reflects perhaps in in the musical styling here as well um and i think that also adds a certain maturity to to it to it compared to the first album it's certainly more polished yeah whether that's a good thing or a bad thing though is debatable i think i think i think i think a a really cracking third album is is out there for her i hope i very much hope so um but I think that, that that last comment reflects something I read in a in a review this week about about the album, and um, I, actually that review was very scathing, which I thought was unnecessary. Uh, but yeah, uh, I, I would say I I, mean, I I think if you're missing a bit of kind of classic hmm. late nineties, early noughties Kylie hmm. type dance music, this is that late nineties revival not, is not just bad around, record. It's just around the corner, so <laughs> you know, you know. I'll watch out for that. Give it a year or two. Anyway, moving on. Speaking of someone that won't be featuring in that late 90s revival. No, certainly not. <laughs> we move on to uh, Jamie Cullum and Momentum. Mm. His, I think, sixth album. Right, okay. Um, and the first where he has decided to write virtually all the tracks. Cause mm. I think the last few albums have been kind of half his own stuff and, okay. and half uh, covers. There are only two covers on this one, Love for Sale and yeah. Pure Imagination. Yeah. Uh, and again, as with the first album that we reviewed, I was dreading this record quite dramatically. Right, oh, uh, right. Uh, and wasn't really looking forward to listening to it at all. Oh, gosh, okay. So it comes as somewhat of a shock and almost pains me to say so, but mm. I actually quite like this record. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I've said it. Look, there you I'm go. Focused. Yeah, it's um, loud. Yeah. Um, I, whilst I'd always had. The, uh, appreciation for his skill as a, a pianist mm. obviously which goes without saying I'd always found the majority of his output to be something that didn't really do it for me okay. at all and his over preening kind of standing on the piano kind of performances always used to annoy me as well <laughs> not in the Parkinson school then no <laughs> but however I actually find this kind of uh, attempted blend of pop soul and mm. jazz actually kind of Works a charm. It starts off with a nice kind of foot stomping, kind of 
heavily drum-led, uh, the same things, uh, slips into then a kind of piano intro that's very much in a kind of Motown kind of mm. sounding kind of thing for Edge of Something. Yeah. And Edge of Something also kind of, I would say, also is kind of, look at me, I could do a Bond theme kind of song <laughs> as well. Because yeah, it has that kind of orchestration going on in it. Uh, next track, I, I can give a, not particularly fussed about. Uh, but then you get three tracks in a row that are very much um, kind of about what, what he's about, really, mm-hmm. or what people think he's about, which yep. is that whole kind of jazz thing. So you've got When I Get Famous, which he wrote himself, uh, which has uh, elements of uh, Dave Brubeck's Take Five kind of mm. beat going on in the background, yeah. which I think is quite funny. got some amusing kind of lines in there. You've got an uh, uh, interesting uh, reimagination of the Cole Porter song, Love for Sale, mm. featuring Roots, Roots Manu- Manoeuvre, mm. uh, which is kind of funky and yep. kind of uh, really good, in fact. Uh, and then a surprisingly... <laughs> Good version really good. of pure imagination. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, yeah. their uh, Willy Wonkers, <laughs> originally recorded by Anthony Newley yeah. for Willy yeah. Wonka and the Charlie Factory. I'm, I'm sure that there's, is there some sort of reworking of the royalties there? To, 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 yeah, to the I, don't, I don't know, but but but, but it's, it's, it is a piece of pure imagination. Yeah. Like he's managed it's to really... he's managed to kind of. Almost, got, I'm not, too, not sure where he's dropped it a key or he's certainly slowed it down and, and done something different with it. Yeah. And it's a really, really... Yeah, it's a really good version. Pleasant surprise. Yeah, really good. Um, and then elsewhere you've got a couple of um, tracks that are verging on your kind of keen Coldplay type thing. Uh, so get a hold of yourself and you're not the only one. Um but both are actually quite jolly pop tunes. Hmm. Um, so I actually got to the end of this album kind of thinking, this is actually a pretty decent album. Yeah. It's, well, we've listened to worse. <laughs> this is oh, a, God, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it, it, it's a good, I wouldn't say middle of the road, because actually it has quite a bit of inventiveness to it. Um, it's, it's a good listen. Uh, it's a good album to put on in the background on a Sunday afternoon when you're sort of doing the garden or hmm. preparing a meal or what have you and, and, and sitting down for that meal. Um, it's 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 a nice sort of leisurely, bluesy soul album. Yes. Um, which surprised me as well. Um, it, it, it also manages to be a good pop album in places too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I said, I'll take me out, take me out and yeah. um, so those earlier tracks. Um, you know, and he has got a he has got a pop pop singer's voice. In, he does in indeed. Pop. Yes. Um, so the diversity of his own of his own vocals is is, is, is great. It means they can do different things. Um, so you never know which each track is very different. Um, so you never know from one track to the next what you're going to quite going to get. Uh, which makes which keeps the the interest the momentum in the uh, album indeed oh, thank you uh, um the couple of tracks you did mention that from i think it was i must have been listening to the the slightly longer deluxe edition ah uh, you mean you mean that has momentum it itself actually on has it, yeah. momentum on itself but i actually quite like the final track comes love as well so, yeah um actually funny enough, I, I i can understand why momentum didn't make it onto the mm. the track yeah, one of the weaker ones because i think it is yeah. one of the weaker ones yeah, yeah cuz of the extra songs mm. 
I think, as you say, Comes Love and Unison, which mm. also has some really nice jazz piano yeah. in it, yeah. are both actually quite good and would have fitted in quite nicely with the yeah. the record itself. But yeah. Momentum itself was a bit of a dud, I thought. Mm. Quite. But other than that, yeah, good album. Solid. Solid. So, changing course. Very much so. Uh, we move on to the uh, 14th album. Wow. By Thea Gilmore, which considering she's only 33, is uh, quite an impressive... It's quite an achievement. ...output. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and it's called Regardless. Mm. And by no means um, a diluted achievement. Um, I thought this was a stunning record. Ah. Um, I really enjoyed More so than I thought I was going to. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I have to pull this to the fore. Um, it's... She has such... A listenable to listenable, easy voice to listen to, <laughs> um, and, and yet it's not popular on radio too for nothing. No, um, but she is quite a powerful voice, and it manages to convey a lot, um, both both in her tone and in her lyrics. Um, I was really drawn into into this album. I know we've reviewed a couple of her albums before. We certainly listened to a couple of albums before. Yeah, um, I actually found I found I think this is probably my favourite. Of I, we haven't listened to all fourteen. I certainly haven't. I know you might have done. Um, I have. I actually found this found this a really engaging album. Um, probably one of her. If you're a fan, um, which which you are, but even if you're not, I think you'll find this a very a very pleasant record to listen to. A bit again, as we were saying earlier with the Daft Punk record, um, a lot of love has gone into the crafting and the the producing and the polishing of this record, mm. and um, it, uh, that that shines through. Um, I'm sure if I name some tracks, because um, I'm sure you will in a moment. Um, but certainly the opening couple of tracks, and um, my friend goodbye as well. I found quite. Yeah, that's got some really nice. I, I, mm. I made note of the lyrics on that. There's this great line which is, "Some things we'll always know. Mm. Hearts and distances grow. That's Just it. give me enough rope, and I'll still hang on to hope." Mm. Which is, I think, lovely. Lovely, lovely lyrics. Certainly, um, uh, I will not disappoint you. Yes. Yeah. This record said he didn't didn't disappoint. Uh, yeah. Pardon the Alan Partridge there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think this is a very mature album. Mm. Uh, from I, I mean, I'm sure there will be some Gilmoreists, if you like, that think it's a bit too polished and a bit too mainstream mm. um, when put up against some of the early stuff. But then again, you know, you've got to kind of grow and. Um, evolve as an artist and as you say I think no matter how the overall sound of the album sounds mm. quite English there it's when, it, when, it com- words, yeah, it? when it comes down to it it's still about the actual quality of the songwriting yeah. and the songwriting as you say is good, good. Yeah. Whether, whether it's kind of radio friendly pop such as um, something to sing about uh, Love Came Looking For Me Start as you mean to go on, mm. uh, which are the kind of things you will hear on Radio Two if you haven't already heard them on Radio Two. Yeah. Which you know, and something to sing about has that classic um, "Speak to Me of California, Speak to Me of Wigan Pier" line in it as well. Mm. There's not many times songs you want to hear California <laughs> and Wigan Pier yeah. in the same uh, couplet. Mm. Uh, so that's one of the reasons I kind of I like I like her on that. And I just say the second song, this is how you find a way which has that kind of uh, it's a beautiful day refrain running through it. Mm. You can imagine the BBC 
using that mm. during the summer in any kind of sporting kind of context when they need one of those you know, indents to yeah. have music going on in the background. Uh, elsewhere on the album, there's interesting use because obviously she comes from a kind of folk background so you, you have the hints of that coming through particularly on things like Regardless uh, and This Road which I think are two of the uh, album's stronger tracks and the growers mm. ones that definitely may not grab you initially but after a couple of listens are the ones that stick in your head yeah. and then one of the most interesting tracks on the album is uh, Spit and Shine which kind of starts off like um, you're listening to a kind of 80s Bundu Boys album or you've put on Graceland by mistake <laughs> with that kind of you know mm. kind of African guitar kind of sound um, and yeah it's it's just a, uh, a a good album that shows off what she's about quite well and hopefully if people do cotton on to it either uh, through Radio 2 or various other things will lead them to check out some of the mm. uh, 13 other albums in the back catalogue. And just to add to that, we often sort of have a, a little moan that albums are too long. Um, this album's too short. Well, there you go. Yeah, actually, I mean, it, it caught my breath at the end. I thought, oh, oh, gosh, <laughs> is that it? <laughs> you know, um, I, I'd have had more. But, you know, you it's, heard it here first. It's perfect, you know, in its length. But, uh, yeah, no, a nice, a nice short album, which won't disappoint. No. So, we come to the end, and uh, this month the end is Beth Hart and Joe Bonamassa, yep. Seesaw. Uh, this is the second collaboration between the pair, uh, American singer Beth Hart and uh, Joe Bonamassa, who is one of the most highly regarded young blues guitarists in the world, mm. and also does a stint doing uh, DJing on Planet Rock. Uh, amongst other things, and was most recently in kind of a rock supergroup Black Country Communion with Glenn Hughes and uh, Jason Bonham, and recorded a couple of albums of kind of pseudo-70s rock, inspired by kind of the likes of Deep Purple and things like that. And this album, uh, like their previous outing together, is uh, essentially a, a blues record of covers of classic songs by the likes of Billie Holiday, Tina mm. Turner, Lucinda Williams, Eddie James, Aretha Franklin, Donny Hathaway. Uh, I think if you if your taste is kind of Blues Brothers commitment soundtracks albums kind of thing, <laughs> or if you just mm. like great songs, mm. then well, mm. this pretty much does what it says in the tin. Yep. You know? It blends a very good singer, they're great guitarists, to deliver foot-tapping blues R&B. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Christ, they even managed to do a fairly respectable version of Nutbush City Limits, which in itself is uh, no mean feat. They're a, a difficult song to do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of people have uh, made a hash of that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think, it's, again, it's, it's, it's one of those weird months where I'm getting to the end of the sixth album and thinking, <laughs> I actually like all the albums for review this month. Uh, they've all been different their own yeah. way. But again, this, this starts off, funnily for me, it appeals to me greatly because it starts off it's topped and tailed by two Billie Holiday songs, mm. or songs that Billie Holiday recorded, uh, Them, Their Eyes, and Strange Fruit. Mm. Uh, and, and strange enough, two, my two favourite Billie Holiday uh, songs. And you couldn't get songs that are more different from each other in style or lyric either. Them, Their Eyes is very much upbeat, happy, 
swinging track mm. and indeed uh, Hart and Bonamassa keep to that quite well and Strange Fruit uh, which is also covered by uh, Nina Simone and various others over the years is in my opinion one of the one of the finest songs lyrically ever ever, ever written because um, I think it still has lyrics that have that power to shock even even now so it's the, the opening mm. paragraph it is sudden trees bear a strange fruit Mm. Blood on the leaves and blood at the root, black bodies swinging in the sudden breeze, strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. Um, so it's a nice happy song about lynchings and the deep south, um, but it is a kind of, you know, heartfelt kind of track. And they do great version, versions of that. Elsewhere on the, on the album, um, Close to My Fire, which is the second track on the album, is the most recent cover. In fact, that was originally recorded by a band called Slack Wax and used on a BMW advert last year. Right, yeah. So people might recognise the song yeah, from, okay. from that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think their version of it on here is, is uh, much better. It's uh, more sultry. Mm. And the guitar solo in it is just um, delightful. Uh, same with uh, If uh, I Tell You I Love You. Um, also great and a really great guitar solo and I could pick several other tracks as well and pretty much say the same thing it's just an album that's quite fun to listen to it's good singing good guitar playing obviously they've got a good bunch of other musicians around them delivering an album that could have been one of those horrible kind of almost kind of karaoke style covers albums that would have you running to the hills but instead is one that actually mm. you can sit down and let's listen to and think, actually, mm. yeah, that works. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Um, and, you know, to, to, to be fair, it's a lot more original than the sort of commitments kind of records, yeah. you know. Um, my only doubt, I mean, you've you've sort of praised, rightly so, the attempt on not Bush City Limits. Um, for me, the definitive version is Tina. So, well, yeah, I found that one. I just sort of, sort of, sort of, I shot a little bit low of my expectations there. But um, actually, other than that, as you say, a really good collection of songs. Um, my word, we have gone into a sort of bluesy mood, haven't we? We have this particular yeah. podcast. And funny, you mentioned Deep Purple on Strange Fruit. I was thinking Pink Floyd. Hmm. Yeah, and it, it's such a contrast that track with the, with everything, the nine or ten tracks that have preceded it. Um, yeah, and their version of it is is, you is talked very, about the lyrics, but, but yeah. musically, um, it, it 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 just it goes off into diff, completely different territory. Yeah, it's a very it's a very it's a very stripped down version of the of, yeah. of, of the track. Very atmospheric. I mean, obviously lyrically, it's a very atmospheric yeah, tune anyway. But they, it is different from most of the other versions of this song that you'll hear. Yeah. I could see that. It's, it's sort of mid, mid-70s mid Pink Floyd mm. riding right through that. Um, and again, I think that's down to, to the guitar, the guitar playing, which, um, which, is, just, which is just fantastic throughout. Um, yeah. So I can't really add to that. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. there you go. Yeah. Six out of six. We've, we've kind of agreed on most things there. Six, yeah. six out of six. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're going to have to try much harder to find albums that we don't like. Yeah, we always hit this point pre-summer, I think. Uh, and then it all seems to go wrong. Uh, actually, no, I, I mean, I was, I was remarking to you earlier the other day, 
we seem to be hitting a seam this year that we've perhaps not hit for a while of actually quite good to excellent albums most months. I would agree, yeah. Mm. We we seem to have been very lucky, or perhaps the listener very unlucky lucky since we really haven't had much to lay into. No, not at all. Even when we've picked albums that we thought we may end up, at least one of us laying into. Yeah. We haven't particularly. We've actually ended up liking, um, and there's been a few examples of that this year so far. Um, for me, it's all about Daft Punk, really, but everyone's going to be saying that all summer. So This is true. I'm going to pick Thea Gilmore. There you go. Yeah, um, yeah I would probably agree. Good. So again, we, we agree again. A probable agreement once again. Yes. Of course, there are probably some people sitting out there thinking, whilst all this is very interesting, and I can understand why they, particularly <laughs> they, they, they did Daft Punk, Punk why, have, why haven't they reviewed the new Black Sabbath album, the new Laura Marlin album, the new Queens of the Stone Age album? New PSB album and stuff like that, given that we're, you know, approaching the end of June. Yes. Well, there are several reasons for that. I mean, it could be mm-hmm. uh, that we just thought these albums deserve to get an airing. Yeah. Or it could be some kind of old school kind of TV recording Christmas e- episode in the middle of. No. Sure, the month type thing. No, no. For I, some I, reason or other, I can't see. I can't see that big reason at all. No, and you know we wouldn't do anything like that. No, <clears throat> but I'm sure all those albums are coming soon. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else to add? Uh, no, like the new PSB single, as you mentioned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Check out our website at cttbmusic.co.uk. Also, follow us on Twitter. At CTTV Music. The CTTV Music Podcast is a Vineland production.